Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, inquirers, and welcome to the expanse of deep, open-minded conversation. I'm the one they call Shane, and in today's discussion, we take a trip back to the Huckamuck Swamp and uncover the Pukwudgie inhabitants who have bewildered locals for years, lingering just beyond eyesight in the treacherous swamplands the natives referred to as the place where spirits dwell. But before we can get into all that today, of course, have some news and updates and got to do the front of house, but... If you guys haven't already checked it out, I do have a 10% off promo code working from now until the end of December for the OMM merch store. It is Squatchmas. You guys can use that for 10% off, like I said. And I got into a lot of new designs that I added over there, so definitely worth going and checking out. And uh, moving to the front of house, of course, if you guys aren't already following the show on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, or Discord, highly recommend that you do. If you guys want to interact with me, the best one to do so on is Instagram. Or you guys can hop into the Discord, always trying to build that up. And I want to have a bunch of you guys in there to build a community. But, you know, I'm going to need you guys in order to build a community. So uh, definitely go and uh, join that. Have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals. And uh, while you're at it, of course, if you want to uh, share some stuff to get people to be involved with the show, you guys can always go to TikTok, share the clips of the show. Awesome way to get people involved where they actually want to watch and listen to the whole episodes. Uh, through, through short little clips, you know, like I said, it gets people interested. So definitely worth going and checking out. If anyone is interested in being a guest on the show or possibly having me as a guest on your show or sponsoring the show in some way, shape, or form, you guys can get a hold of me through email, which is Increase of Our Reality Podcast, or you guys can get a hold of me on social media, Instagram or Facebook, of course. And if you guys want to report an encounter, I have a specific email for that. You guys can email your encounters, no matter how big or small. I definitely want to hear them to OMMEncounterReports at Outlook.com. There is also a submission form for that in the link tree. So that's another way you guys can go about doing it. But, uh, you know, like I said, whether it's big or small, um, if you, you guys are okay with me sharing it on the show, or if you guys just want to talk about it with me personally and you don't want me to share it on the show, or, you know, if you're within an area that I can travel to, I can come and investigate it. Would absolutely love to do all that, but that'll never happen unless you guys start sharing your encounters. And uh, speaking of encounters, if you guys enjoyed this show, definitely uh, recommend going and checking out Bizarre Encounters. Always a good time with Oren over there as we deep dive into a bunch of different weird topics, including uh, cryptids, paranormal, UFOs, aliens, all that fun stuff. A lot of cool stuff going on over there. Uh, We got a lot of show notes that we've been building up, so there's going to be a lot of awesome shows coming as far as that goes. 
And if you guys want to keep tabs on everything that I do, you guys can always go and follow Open Minds Media across social media. And of course, the YouTube, TikTok, Discord, all that is under Open Minds Media because it's just easier for me to keep everything all under one hood. And if you guys want to support the show, a couple different ways to do so. Number one, of course, because I'm trying to build that up as much as possible, is through the Patreon. Over there, you'll get things such as ad-free episodes of the show, early access to the show, lives of the show, live replays of the show, uh, exclusive giveaways, exclusive merch store discounts, uh, exclusive shows, because Bizarre Inquiries is going to be posting over there soon. Uh, the first two episodes, of course, like I said, dropping on the normal feed, but past that, that is going to become a Patreon-exclusive show. So if you guys want to get access to that, definitely go and check out the tiers, see which one might suit you the best. I do have a seven-day free trial for, uh, I think, the $5 tier. So if you guys want to at least go see what it's all about, you guys can go and do that now. I made that an option for you guys. Or you guys can always donate to the show directly if you guys want to, to make it so I can get out to more events and be able to meet more of you guys through uh, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. Got a lot of cool designs I've been uploading over there. Got the Mary uh, Squatchmas design that I uploaded that's I'm probably only going to be available through the end of the holiday season. Maybe I'll bring it back next year. We'll have to see, but definitely worth going and scooping if that sounds like something you guys might be interested in. And like I said, awesome way to support the show and get the word out. And number four, of course, you guys can always leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcatcher you have. And of course, share the show with everybody that you know, because if you think anybody might be interested in the show, just share it with them. Just drop a line, send a clip, whatever you got to do. Get people involved with the show, make it so the show can continue to keep growing. And speaking of growing, of course, got to give a shout out to a couple of my uh, other friends in the community. Um, I am officially teaming up with I Know Squatch, two awesome guys over there, Rick and Hans. Uh, I'm going to start talking about them a little bit here and there on the show, of course, but they got a lot of awesome, awesome Squatch merchandise. So if that sounds like something you guys might be interested in, definitely highly recommend going and checking out their Etsy store. Uh, you can also check them out on Instagram, of course. They got a lot of really cool stuff over there. Uh, they're always posting their different Squatch adventures. And of course, they're posting their awesome Squatch merch, which the hat that I always wear, if you guys ever see pictures of me that says Whoop on it, that's uh, one of their designs, of course. Joe over there killing it with crypto theology with some of the coolest crypto designs that I've ever seen. He's got a bunch of new Christmas designs he's been dropping, so I think you guys will really enjoy those. Definitely worth going and checking out. And uh, to all my paranormal investigators out there, if you want to get an all-in-one paranormal investigating device, definitely highly recommend going and checking out the Chattergeist. Uh, Barry over there at Dimension Devices, he programmed it himself. So if any of you guys have any technical questions whatsoever about the thing, you guys can hit him up on Instagram. And of course, if you decide you want to scoop one for yourself, don't forget to use my affiliate link. goes and helps out the show greatly. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show for the second time, Phil Anderson, founder of Exploring with Phil and Investigator. How's it going today, man? It's going great, man. I want to thank you for having me on again. It's going to be a great night talking about paranormal, cryptids, all kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been going to be great. It's a pleasure. Dude, it's always fun having you on, man. And we have had this back and forth since last time you were a guest on the show. We've been pretty much like... So for the most part, just constantly communicating about all of your different investigating that you've been doing. Uh, you included me on some of your questions and gave me a big shout out, which I greatly appreciate. So it's been nice, man. We just, we did a show, we became friends and here we are now. Now we're just waiting to get to a point where I can come out your way and we can go exploring the Huckamuck Swamp together, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then thank you for giving me the questions as well. That's a big um, thing I've been doing recently, you know, with people like you, podcasts, other paranormal people, kind of like, you know, what was the way I can um, get you guys like involved in me going out and stuff. So I was like, why don't I ask, you know, have you guys send me your questions about like things you guys want me to ask in the Huckamuck Swamp. And basically that's exactly what you did. And um, yeah, we made the video and all that. But what I like about it the most is, you know, you, I think in your video in particular, there's like three or four other people also involved at the same, in the same video. Yeah, I think it was 305 so, Paranormal, and then there was one yeah. other one. Yeah, um, Induced Fear, maybe Oscar of Induced Fear, possibly. I think that was it, yeah. I think that I think it was Oscar as well. So, you know, so like all of our, all of you guys, all of, you, all of our audiences are combined because everyone gets tagged in it, you know, in the trailer and everything like that. So there's a lot of like crossover where like, I, I think everyone's getting followers from it, more exposure. Like if they didn't know who your, what your podcast was now, they know who you are. You know what I mean? It's kind of like mutually beneficial for everybody, you know, and you get to basically kind of pseudo investigate in the Huckamuck swamp sort of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. an extension, but via me, but like, it is your question. It is your thought. You know what I mean? So it's, it was definitely a cool, interesting new way to kind of like do a, a paranormal investigation with the help with your, of some friends, basically. Dude, I'm into the whole concept of we all rise together anyway. So it's like anything yeah. I can ever do to help anybody else out and it's mutual back and forth. Like it's always a good Absolutely. thing, man. But this whole community, the only way we're all going to rise is by working together. Like you don't want separation in the community. And even with these different concepts, whether you're into UFOs, cryptids, the paranormal, as all of these concepts are starting to really come together and people are starting to realize they're all connected so are the communities and it's just it's a really good thing to see that the community is really getting close together and tight now and everybody's really finally working together yeah no and that's you're right because i think in the past or at least maybe before like our time period i think a lot of people wouldn't work together because of jealousies or whatever you know for what many different reasons but like i think like you said i think this is exactly what we should be doing because this is exactly how you grow you know what i mean because we're all working together towards a common goal and that's you know trying to do this more and do it, you know, as a job or whatever, you know, whatever your goal is, you know, more viewers, more followers, whatever. Um, so yeah, no, it's been awesome. And, um, I believe if I remember correctly, your question was about puck or tricksters, right? Puck being um, able to attach themselves, to attach them. themselves to humans. And wasn't an, uh, I don't know if it was you who said this or not. It could be another question, but did you also ask if they could travel around between regions? Yes, that well? was part of my, one of my questions too, yep. That's I think somebody right. else okay. did ask it in that video, but Actually, I also well, asked that too. I thought, I see, that. that's what I thought. I thought you had mentioned, maybe you had mentioned it on the last time we were together on a podcast or something. I think I did, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, I think I thought that was a super interesting, um, a couple responses in that video to that specific question. And um, I mean, I've asked that question, like similar questions before. But, um, you know, I, I, who knows? I might not have asked it if you hadn't have asked me to ask that, you know. So it's definitely interesting, man. And that video was wild. You know, this is like going back like a few weeks ago or whatever. But, I mean, we caught some – there were some crazy things on that video. Sorry, my cat's going crazy. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> totally understand that. There was an episode a long time ago that, for the listeners that have been around for a long time, it was on uh, – Big dumb inquiries that I used to do with Kyle. And when I was recording in my kitchen a long time ago, I had a, uh, it was a, like this little, one of those like uh, toaster ovens up behind me. And my one cat tried to climb on there and almost took me out in the process of recording. <laughs> and you could hear it. And Kyle was like, are you good? Your cat tried to kill you. <laughs> so I totally understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. She just like wants attention and just will not like quit. So 
yeah. So anyway, yeah. But any so she yeah she interrupted. But yeah, aye, aye, aye. Uh, But yeah. So I just was thanking you for your question, and I thought it was some get some interesting responses, and it was just a um, wild video. Um, if you want, I could talk about the angel encounter. Oh yeah, that's, of course. That's from that video, and let me tell you about this. This video, I think I called it either Puckwudgies, Angels Puckwudgies, and Evelyn Packard, maybe. Something to that effect. I can't remember the exact order of the words, but um, Evelyn Packer was just kind of like a throwaway, and we, I, we'll get into that later because that's a whole, that's a whole like interesting sidebar to the whole video because it's kind of like like if that would if that was the only thing that happened in the video, that would have been just the title of the video, and that would it's been a great story and a great clip and stuff. But this angel encounter. So basically, what happened is after the first part of the video. Uh, there's this bridge area, do a couple EVP sessions, spirit box sessions. We ask your question, that whole area. So then there's a pathway that leads back further into the swamp from that spot. So I'm walking down the path. I filmed the whole thing. In real time, I hear nothing. I don't feel any sort of strange feelings. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. So this particular area where I caught this EVP, and so... It's just like, um, like I said, normal, normal pathway, woods, a swamp on both sides, woods on both sides, and then it kind of opened up a little bit, and you could see a little bit, and so I kind of stopped for a moment. I was just kind of looking over at the swamp and then continued to walk. So when I get home, I'm listening to this section of audio, and then in the beginning, I hear what sounds like music, and more specifically, what sounds like harps. The best way I can describe it, harps, or like that kind of like, angelic sort of sounds exactly what you would kind of think. That's what I was about um, to ask. Like the angelic harps or they're kind of like ominous, but not in like a scary way, more in like a, like a yeah. positive, like uplifting way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and the wind was very similar as well. The wind was, uh, I would say matching the sounds, but like very similar in sounds. And so you can hear the music and then the wind kind of kicks up and then the kind of like overpowers the music in the background. And then it kind of goes down again. And then the music, over the music, you hear a voice kind of come out of nowhere. And it just says one word. And it says peace. But when it says it, it sounds like as if you were in like a, an amphitheater or like a large church where it would like echo very loudly when you would say it. So it was peace, but it was like peace, you know, like and this huge like echo sounding voice, male, male type voice. Um, and then the music kind of like fades out as I walk away and then like fades out completely. Um, and yeah, so like I said, I didn't hear heard nothing at the time, caught this afterwards and I'm like, this is interesting. You know, it sounds like um, angelic music. I gave this EVP of a man saying peace that like sounds kind of like what an angel would say. So fast forward to the end of the video, I'm walking out and sometimes when I'm walking out or walking place to place in the Huckamuck Swamp, I'll just keep the spirit box on sometimes. Because I've gotten some, you know, some interesting responses randomly. So this is one of those times I'm just walking, and then all of a sudden it said, um, I believe it said, "Help me." Yeah, I think it said, "Oh, hear me, hear me, help me," and then it said, "Save me," and then it said, "Save you, son," which I think was an interesting, kind of a weird thing to say. Um, now, obviously, it could be anybody, but with the angel encounter earlier, I just thought it was interesting. That here's, we get something in the spirit box that says, save me. And then another voice comes in. It's like, save you, son. Or like, save you. You know, just an interesting um, 
spirit box response, but definitely the the harps and the EVP before is definitely, I mean, uh, for me, like a once in a lifetime experience, you know, I'd never expected to catch that. I didn't even ask, you know, it was just such so random and such a weird um, occurrence. Did it seem like it was almost trying to like warn you or something almost? Because I know that you've been, a, I w- I'm going to dive into it a little bit of the research that I've been doing as far as puck wedgies go that I want to share with you. But do you think that it was like, did you have like a weird experience right before with like puck wedgie activity or anything like that, that it seemed like it was almost trying to like warn you? Um, Nothing out of the ordinary that I could point to and be like, oh man, you know, that was a close one. Um, I will say I have gotten careful you know, or be careful before. Not this particular day. Um, I'm trying to think if anything, you know, bad. No, not necessarily. I mean, I did see snake this day, but I mean, I wouldn't say that was like a dangerous um, occurrence or anything. Or like there was nothing that I was, I didn't have any weird feelings or I thought I was in danger at any moment. Um, now, who knows? Like, I mean, I didn't see something that, you know, was near me or something, some sort of animal or whatever, but. Yeah, no weird feelings, no strange feelings leading up to that moment. See, because I've been doing a little bit of research on puck wedgies, and I know we're going to get into a little bit more of the puck wedgie stuff as we start rolling on. But so I was listening to another podcast called um, Mythos, I think is the name of it. It's it's these two English guys that are like scholars, and they write about like old folklore, different stuff like that. And they did a fairy episode, and they brought up this fairy named Puck. And just to like read the definition of who Puck is, it says Puck in medieval English folklore, a malicious fairy or demon. In Old English and Middle English, the word simply meant demon. In Elizabethan lore, he was mischievous, brownie-like fairy who also called himself uh, Robin Goodfellow or Hobgoblin. So now that you have like the angelic encounter, and I know that we were talking a little bit about a little bit before the show about where these like puckwudgies might actually fit as far as like biblical folklore goes, um, but. Just uh, just looking off of the old English word for puck, I found it kind of interesting that it kind of just, I don't think puckwudgie is necessarily like a native word. I think it's something that was brought with the English over. And with that, I'm also kind of wondering if maybe the English brought puckwudgies to begin with, and maybe they kind of got mixed in with like the whole little people folklore, but they were a totally different thing to begin with. And uh, I don't know, just looking at what who puck was, it seems to fit the whole idea of what a puck wedgie is to begin with and i've been looking up what wedgie might mean trying to look it up in different languages and stuff and i haven't really come on to anything quite yet but i have a feeling that wedgie might be something else and it's like a combination of words between puck and then wedgie being a totally different separate word that's explaining another aspect of its personality right yeah and that dude that could totally totally make sense because i think a lot of these things are connected or are similar or at least in the same family tree so i think we're definitely on to something there Especially when you consider they're literally this like puck and puck wedgie, like it's in the name. So it's like that tells me that they are they have to be either the same thing or pseudo the same thing or something similar. You know, like I said, the same family tree or something related or something similar to a puck uh, or whatever a puck is. And then you know, then we have these puck wedgies. Now, what I think is interesting about the Pukwudgie word, the Pukwudgie word, as far as I know, doesn't come. It's not even from New England. Uh, um, a, I can't remember his name. I think it was a Chief Red Snail. I could be wrong. I was just reading this like right before we recorded. Um, he got the word from the uh, Delaware tribe, and that's where they had the word Pukwudgie. 
before it came up here. So they kind of like borrowed Pukwudgies in general, as far as the folklore of Pukwudgies, from like the Delaware, Maryland area, which I think is interesting because the New England little people are called something different. Uh, the Mikowisug or something. Like I said, uh, not not like Pukwudgies at all. Like the Pukwudgies are more like the Pucks or like a Pukwudgie, like the Tricksters or whatever. These um, other little people are more like the Cherokee little people or your typical like smaller people that are not like Tricksters, but they live out in the, deep in the woods. They would leave them food and stuff and then it would grant them wishes, like that kind of thing. So like, I think you're right. I think there is, I think a mixture of these two lores going on, or at least the name Pukwudgie, at least in New England, was used to replace the name of these other names. And I don't know if they just over time got confused and became one thing, or I don't know, or just one got lost to translate. I don't know, just like kind of fell by the wayside and Pukwudgies kind of just became famous because a guy had a Pukwudgie encounter up here. You know what I mean? I don't know how that works, you know, or where the disconnect happened, but. See, I'm kind of wondering if they exist in like a like a fey world, so to speak, if it connects intercontinental. Like, so maybe like somebody in England, for example, called them a puck and it's spelled P-U-C-K. So it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. But then because they had that name from some people calling them that in England, if they're existing again within this world where borders don't necessarily mean anything. And then they're also in America and they're able to communicate with each other, which is something that we've talked about. I think last time was the fact of being mm-hmm. them being able to communicate through long distances. I wonder if that became part of the native language talking about these things because they told them that that's what they were called because they were already getting called that somewhere else. Yeah. No, and I could totally see that because I think they can. I th- I think they. I don't know if they can communicate between regions. They either one of two things: they can communicate between regions, or they travel between regions. And so, but I think you're right. I think they were probably called that, and then when they revealed themselves to the Native Americans over here, however that looked, because I'm sure that's probably what happened. You know, then they're like, "Oh, this is what we're called. We're called pucks. You know, puckwudgies." And then, you know however that happened or whatever over time. But yeah, dude, that totally could happen, especially with the um, my experience in Elkmont where in Tennessee, Pukwudgies aren't supposed to be down there. You know what I mean? As far as like traditional lore and legend goes, there's no accounts of Pukwudgies being in Tennessee. Like the close Puk- closest Pukwudgie encounter, like I said, Delaware area, you know what I mean? So we're talking a few states away. Um, Indiana is known for Pukwudgies, Ohio area. But Tennessee is not one of those places. So for me to go down to Tennessee and get like the Pukwudgie spirit box response and all the other like evidence I've got of Pukwudgies there two times now that I've been there is really weird. You know what I mean? So like that verifies to me that they're, I think they're at least traveling between regions or commute, like you said, communicate between regions. And, and then that begs the question if they're in like in Tennessee, then are they everywhere? And then people just don't know that they're everywhere, you know? Like, now I want to know, like, if I went to, you know, we'll just say if I go to Michigan, right, sometime, sometime, hopefully soon, when we get to investigate together. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we go out in the middle of, like, I don't know, somewhere where there's no Pukwudgies, there's not supposed to be any Pukwudgies, and we get, like, Pukwudgie stuff, you know, then it's like, okay, you know, are they traveling around and following us or knew that we were going to be there and showed up there? Or are they are there all the time? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Or they just go by the name that you might be theoretically familiar with. Familiar with, right. Right. And just know, think that, you know, that I, oh, the, he knows them as Pukwudgies. I'm going to say Pukwudgie because that's what he knows. See, I'm if also... I my, if I said my real name, I wouldn't know what that was, you know. Exactly. See, see I'm kind of wondering, too, like the, whole, the word Wudgie, it reminds me, at least, I'm not saying this is for sure, I haven't found any connecting factor of it, but for me, at least, it reminds me of the word Wedge. And you know how, like, old English words are kind of spelt kind of weird. So... If you take like puck as a fairy and then wedge as the second word, wedge seems like it exists between two places. So, I mean, maybe that's the explanation is that it's a puck that exists in two worlds. And maybe that's the connecting factor on how it's able to go all these great distances is because it's a wedge in between two different worlds that it's connecting. And that's how it's becoming, you know, known over here, known over there, connecting over here. And even if they're able to communicate, I mean, maybe that's kind of the thing is they're existing between two worlds because they're able to communicate with each other over long distances telepathically or through the Fey world, like whatever it may be. Because, I mean, the Fey world might be more something more like uh, almost like how you how you think of like a wormhole, you know, where maybe there's two points that are far in our world. But then you go into the Fey world and they're actually connected like the folded piece of paper concept. So it's yeah. not far for them. It's the, you know, they can just walk through the Fey world and all of a sudden, you know, 10 feet into the Fey world, they walk through another hole and then they're in the middle of England, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Like kind of like a portal, portal type things, which I've gotten, you know, f- f- many different responses about portals and, and doors and stuff like that, both in the Huckamuck and in Elkmont as well, you know, which I think is interesting, you know, cause it's like, that's what people, you know, think or theorize that could be, doorways that you know either you know these entities use to go between places or between dimensions or how, what however that looks you know whatever because obviously um there's definitely a spiritual plane or something a de- i think it's pro- more like probably if just based on science and how things work it's probably a dimension somehow you know probably a fourth dimension or something that we just can't see you know because we live and breathe in three dimensions you know so that's how that's how we our eyes you know that's what we see. So if there's another dimension out there, a fourth dimension where these things can slip in and out of, that's where ghosts are. That's where demons and angels are existing. Like they're around us all. They're here, but they're just not in our plane of sight. I should say. And then once in a while, you know, you get glimpses, whether that's voices or quick sights, or we see them very quickly, or we get shadows. And like obviously, there's something there that you know we we just can't see or like whether that's dimension or whatever you want to call it or whatever, however that looks, there's obviously something that we can't see that's going on. See, I've been into this whole like negative dimension concept lately and it seems to make sense for me, at least like how it was explained. I'm not necessarily the best at explaining this. It was a couple episodes back, but um, I had somebody on that was explaining the idea about how like you could basically create reoccurring energy because it pulls in every single particle into this, this spot. And when you talk about like the paranormal, for example, and I'm sure you probably experienced some of it when dealing with puck wedgies where you get like the battery drain, power drain, just all this different weird stuff like that. Um, that's kind of making me wonder if it goes into this more like negative dimension concept. And the reason why you have power drain and all these different things is because when these holes are open, then it pulls everything in until it's closed. So it's not necessarily that like the being itself is pulling energy, but rather that the hole that it creates is pulling energy because it's a negative dimension and it's more of like a vacuum that wants to pull everything in. But if it's an energetic dimension, then it's pulling energy and not necessarily like matter itself. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that definitely could be a possibility for sure. 
Um, yeah, that's super interesting. I never thought about it like that, but yeah, I mean, he'd like because obviously when ghosts say or do stuff, there's obviously energy used there, you know. And so, like, you know, when people say like, um, or like you've got at least people, I've got evidence of it where like um, you get cold spots or something when you're doing like paranormal investigations, and some people theorize like, oh, that's the ghost or spirits, entities, whatever these things are taking the energy from the air and and when you take the energy from the air it leaves a cold spot i guess or something like as i think that's the theory at least yeah um, using the energy like itself to manifest themselves is kind of the idea right. that i've gotten from yeah. that side right 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 and so you know it, could that be could these cold spots be the, the that vacuum sort of thing you're talking about where it's a negative space and it's creating these a colder temperature because it's taking all the energy around it it can and it, it, when it takes the energy it leaves it makes it colder I don't know. Just thought. See, I haven't thought about uh, it that way. That's mm-hmm. another really good connecting aspect with the whole negative dimension concept. Like, I don't know. I've just been fascinated by it lately because it makes a lot, a lot of sense. Because there could be essentially these like negative pocket dimensions everywhere, and it would be like a like a micro universe. So it's like, you know, you, you go through it, and it's like a full size universe, but it's existing in like a really small space theoretically. Yeah, yeah, definitely interesting, man. I mean, it's all. It's all it's all theoretical until you can prove it for sure. But it's it's definitely interesting though. It's really cool to talk about, you know, because you never there's so many things about um, like the spiritual, like ghost world or whatever whatever you want to call it that is just like s- still so unknown. You know what I mean? You can get like a million EVPs and just be nowhere near closer mm-hmm. to like under <laughs> to understanding. You know, like. I remember uh, recently, <clears throat> I got this one EVP where I was like, "Oh my god, this was almost, almost like a, a like an EVP that almost had a message in it that might have told me something beneficial." But of course, like it just we well, you just couldn't hear it, and so it was like something like I honestly couldn't hear the beginning of it, but it sounded like someone trying to instruct me how to do something. So it was like, um, I don't know, it was like blank, blank, blank. You can do it by fasting. And I'm like, what can, what can you do by fasting? You know what I mean? Well, like, what are you talking about? You know, what do they mean? And Lord knows it could be any number of things, but it's just like such a um, cliffhanger of an EVP to get because it's just like the back half of it. And it was like, basically, it sounded like it was trying to tell me like, oh, you can do X, Y, Z if you just fast. I wonder if it's a matter of being able to see them or be able to get closer with them. Cause it seems like if you don't eat and you fast, you might get closer to the spiritual realm. Like, you know, a lot of people fast for like religious reasons, like it brings you closer to God. I wonder if that's like the concept is that maybe it partly opens the doorway where you can have better communication because you're not close to death, but you're closer to death. So the doorway is a little bit more open because you're fasting. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, yeah. I didn't, there were so many different weird ways you could take that, you know. Like, are they talking about like puckwudgies or something, you know? Or like you can control them by fasting them. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they could be talking about. Lord knows, I don't know, but yeah, it was. I just thought it was an interesting kind of like. Um, I'm, I'll never know what they mean, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I mean. But just such like a weird, um, like because it, it just as soon as I heard it, it got me thinking about like an. What could they mean? What, you know, what do they mean by this? You know? And of course, like as you said, you could never, I'll never get another answer about it again, probably even if I asked like a thousand times. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, de- definitely interesting. But um, yeah, 
Do you want to talk more about Puckwudgies? Yeah, I was going to say, actually, since I know you've been doing a lot more research into Puckwudgies, um, you know, you might touch base on some of the stuff we talked about the first time you came on, but I think you should bring it like right back to the beginning so that everybody can kind of get filled in from the beginning. Because I know I've had a lot of new listeners hopping on lately, and they probably want to get the full picture of everything you've been doing as far as your Puckwudgie research. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess before, when I was on before, I do a lot of my research in the Bridgewater Triangle. For those who don't know what the Bridgewater Triangle is, it's a triangulation area in southeastern Massachusetts, uh, about five or six different towns that um, is this is like a hotbed for paranormal activity, whether that be UFO, Bigfoot, um, animals of unusual size, obviously ghosts, uh, demonic activity, alien activity, I mean, basically, Thunderbirds, essentially anything you could, almost anything you could think of, it's probably happened, or at least as a report, it's happened here. Um, so one of these cryptid creatures, animals, whatever, or however you want to look at them, is called a Puckwudgie. Now, Puckwudgies are like a little troll-like creature, um, anywhere from two to four foot tall. They can disappear and reappear at will. Um, they could either lead you to your death or save you, which is a very strange, uh, always one of the weirdest caveats. I don't know if I like any or trust anything that could either is either going to kill me or save me. It's kind of this uh, very drastic uh, two <laughs> two things that don't seem to be like hand in hand. But you know, whatever. Here we are. I feel like there's a um, lot of stuff so, yeah. in the creature realm that isn't necessarily good or bad. It's more of like a gray area type thing, yeah. and it's like a human right. concept to right. really pick. Like, is this good? is this bad? There's just a lot of beings mm-hmm. that exist in this like, you know, neutral space that they're a little bit of yeah. both, but coming at it from a different perspective, like you may not see doing something as necessarily bad or good. If you don't really have that concept, you know, you're just doing things for the sake of doing things and yeah. based on what yeah. you feel like doing at the time, you know? Yeah. 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 So puck wedgie. So I, my uncle had an encounter in the eighties uh, and saw one of these creatures. And then later on when the Bridgewater triangle documentary had come out, um, I realized like, Oh man. And so when I just, dis- obviously when I described, he described the creature that he had saw, it, it sounded just like a puck wedgie. Um, so that's where my interest in puck wedgies came from is mostly my uncle's experience and the Bridgewater triangle documentary. Now, obviously I do uh, paranormal research in the Bridgewater triangle. I go out, almost every single Friday um, in various locations. One of the spots I go to is the Huckamuck Swamp. The word Huckamuck in Wampanoag means place where spirits dwell. This was a place where the Wampanoags would escape to. They, it was sacred to them. They used to bury their dead there. And this is a place where allegedly Puckwudgies live, dwell, um, hang out. And not only that, obviously spirits are there, possibly other darker entities, um, and obviously Bigfoot, uh, anim- other animals, normal animals, all kinds of different things. But uh, So I guess we'll just foc- want to focus in on puck wedgies. So up until my appearance on here, I've had a few encounters where I had like EVPs where, um, you know, I was like, I, you know, I've asked for puck wedgies and got, you know, spirit box responses, pu- uh, puck wedgies or littles, specifically little people a lot. And I always attributed that to puck wedgies. Now, later on, I came, came to find out, which we'll, I'll get into a little bit, uh, that that may not be the same thing. Um, so I was getting all these like responses that were like, you know, little people, Pukwudgies. Um, one time I was walking down and I said, uh, 
hello, Puckwudgies, where are you, my friends? And I catch an EVP that says here, um, right next to me, you know? So I've gotten a few responses where I've asked for Puckwudgies and gotten either EVPs or Spirit Spark responses. My first, one of my first encounters in the Huckamuck Swamp was this encounter where, um, and I'm going to tie this into Tennessee as well, because this, this is, it's very strange. In the, in the moment when this happened, like almost two years ago, I didn't really put two and two together until what, uh, what happened in Elkmont. So um, we're standing there in the middle of the swamp, me and my cousin, we're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, um, on the recording afterwards, I didn't, I didn't hear personally hear anything in the moment. Um, but we get an EVP that says cold. Um, and then right after they get that EVP, I say, oh, it's cold outside. It's cold. Um, which is like, oh, just happenstance. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe this puckwudge is cold too. And he's, you know, I'm, I'm saying I'm cold. He's cold. It's not a big deal. Right. So fast forward to Elkmont, Tennessee, where puckwudges aren't supposed to be. Um, we went, this is, or this is in April, I think when we went there the first time. So we went during the day just to explore it, walk around. We caught like 11 or 12 EVPs. We got, we kept on getting like things that were like commenting on, what was going on around us. Like, you know, we walk in one cabin and it would be like fireplace and there'd be a fireplace in there, you know, I'd be like, Oh, that's kind of weird. So we open up the spirit box and like, Hey, who's, who's commenting all these things that are around us and without skipping a beat, Pukwudgie. Now, like I said, what's really weird about that is Pukwudgies are not supposed to be in Tennessee. And we've already kind of talked about that, like what that could possibly be and all that stuff. So, which is really weird. Fast forward to the night. We're doing a paranormal investigation. This iPad right here. Like, to turn on the iPad, like, you just do that, and the screen comes up. So, it's on, and Nicole's pushing this button, but it's just black, which isn't supposed to happen, obviously. And so, she's pushing the button, pushing the button. Nothing's happening. So, she's like, hey, like, I can't get this to work. And so, she gives it to me. I'm playing with it. It's not working at first. And then it finally, like, turns on or lights up. I open it up, turn it on for her give it back to her and i'm like there you go listen back get home listen back to the audio we catch an evp that literally says there you go right before (laughs) i say there you go like and like literally the same the same exact way the same words in the same order everything which you know begs the question it's like what's going on here you know there or with these two moments you know obviously they both happen in well one of them happened in a spot where i know puck to be and it was in a the vvp was in a voice that sounded like um a puck at least when i've asked for puck it sounded just like that so i've always attributed it's the same thing it sounds the same so i'm like it's got to be the puck now it's weird to get that same sort of thing happened in two different locations where it seemed like it was, it was like reading my mind or knew what I was going to say before I said it, or it was just an incredibly great educated guess. But, um, you know, it was definitely weird. Cause there was another experience earlier in the day where Nicole had something similar happen where, um, she's talking about her cats, showing pictures of them. And she's like, they're crazy. And we get an EVP that says, think, they're crazy. It's like, you know, they're literally the same thing right before she says it, you know? So it's like yet again, another moment where somehow, some way they knew what she was going to say before she said it, you know, which is such a, you know, I don't know, which is just a weird thing. But if you look at it in a trickster puck, way, it's like, what a puck, might do that, you know, a puck because that's kind of like a trick. I was going to say, it's almost you know like trolling I mean? somebody. 
like using maybe it's like tele- telepathic powers theoretically because you think something before correct. you say it so that could be that correct the two second step yes. that right right that's exactly it yeah, yeah yeah and like the 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 not like you know not the like i said the shallow shallowness of your mind or whatever like you said right before you're about to say something you know i don't know how that works as far as your mind and all that stuff but clearly whatever you know this pakwaji i'm assuming it's got to be um obviously did it you know which is just a i've I'd never thought i'd ever experience anything like that before you know so that's just a weird weird experience like i said the whole pakwaji thing in tennessee all, all at all is weird i think you know especially when there's no legend of them being there is very very strange. You know, yes, there's the Cherokee little people, and there's three different kinds of Cherokee little people. One of them is like one of them. I guess you could consider could be a Pukwudgie type. They were kind of mean, and uh, they like. I think they also would play tricks on people as well. So it's like maybe that's maybe the, you know there that's the connection. It's like it's the some sort of form of these Tennessee little people, but you know they knew I knew them as Pukwudgies, so they said Pukwudgies. I mean, theoretically, too, like people travel. It may be the same with these beings, too, that, you know, we're looking at the old folklore of where it came from like a couple hundred years ago, but that doesn't mean that they haven't relocated in that time. So, I mean, like, Pukwudgies may have originated from a specific area, but that doesn't mean that through the past couple hundred years, like, groups from haven't started to spread out into different areas. Like, there may be Pukwudgies in Tennessee now, but there wasn't back when the natives were talking about them. Yeah, and what's interesting about um, the... The Pukwudgie folklore and where I'm at, as far as the um, Algonquin um, lore, is the Pukwudgies got jealous of the humans' love for giants. And so they ended up killing um, like the five sons of this great giant. And so when the, the giant found out, he obviously he was mad and he dispersed the Pukwudgies all over the continent of uh, Nor- uh, North America or something like that. Um, which is obviously like just a lore and legend or whatever. But if you know, if there was some sort of a event where the Pukwudgies got spread apart across you know vast grates of land and now live separated, um, that could be a possibility too. I mean, it's I, like it's you know, say on top of yeah. even if they were like breeding out too, those populations could be a lot bigger now within the specific areas. And as long as they're in some type of like. I don't know if they necessarily need to live in like a swamp necessarily, but maybe anywhere that kind of fits where they can hide in a place where the average person isn't going to go, you know, they, they kind of take advantage of it. And I mean, that could even be the whole thing with the Huckamuck swamp, why there's Sasquatch, Thunderbirds, um, it, you know, it's the land of spirits and is because it's a place where these things can exist, where the average person can't necessarily like travel into by foot. So they just know that it's almost like a safe haven. So they specifically try to stay to these swampy areas because they know people aren't going to be able to travel through them very easily. So it's just yeah. a, just a perimeter of safety essentially. Yeah, for sure. And I think there, I mean, there definitely is something to swamps, whether that be what you're saying, more of just like a logistical type of reason why they would want to stick to there. Because like you said, it's protective. Not a lot of people go there you know, you don't have to worry about humans coming in your space or anything like that. But there could, I mean, there also could be another connection because I, I heard in another podcast this guy talking about this other swamp in Louisiana. Do we? Do we talk about this before? I don't think so. I don't. Okay, good. So this guy is literally talking about like all oh, these paranormal claims happening in this swamp, and I'm not going to get into every single claim because I don't have to because I literally just told you. It was literally every single claim that's in the Huckamuck Swamp was essentially the same claims this guy was saying. Like you know, 
ghost, you know, ghost, the swamp lights, these little creatures that were like essentially puckwudgies, you know, just a different name, you know, all, all, essentially all the different, all the same claims, but in a swamp in Louisiana, you know, uh, thousands of, well, I guess over a thousand miles away, probably from Massachusetts, you know, so like here's a swamp in Louisiana with the same claims as a swamp in Massachusetts, you know, two different climates for sure. So, like, you wouldn't think they'd be the similar claims, but it's like, dude, they were, like, almost identical. So, it's like, that makes you, that makes me think, and it's like, is all, are all swamps like this? You know? If if I went to any swamp and just did, like, an EVP session, would I get, like, EVPs or at least, like, some sort of activity there? And it's like, makes you wonder, man. See, I think you'd at it least get paranormal wonder. activity because just throughout time, think about how many bodies could potentially have been lost into a swamp and the body never got a proper burial by any means, then um, they could still theoretically be there, even if they're a couple hundred years old. So it just, it traps things into the mud itself. So maybe that's symbolic. And in turn, it, it all these things end up staying there because they just never get like a necessarily like a proper burial. And in turn, you know, because of that, they, again, going back into the whole aspect of them knowing that it's just a safe area because people can't travel through it. They just, it's like one thing stacking on top of each other. They may not necessarily be related, but because one thing happens, the other thing knows it's a safe place, so they end up coming there too. Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That could definitely be um, for sure the, um, a possibility, definitely. Um, so as I'm kind of like learning about Pukwudgies, so I kind of wanted to take like a next like step or at least try to, like, try to learn something about like Pukwudgies that, um, you know, a lot of people maybe not have thought about or even think to ask, and that was who created Pukwudgies? Like, where do they come from? Like, what's their origin story, basically? Um, so I started asking these questions in the Huckamuck Swamp, you know, essentially, who created you? All that kind of stuff. And I got, basically, I would say two different responses that would lead you either one way or the other, and that the, the two different ways would be either be one, um, man-made via... Uh, witchcraft or some sort of alchemy or some sort of like a homunculi yeah like a homunculi or something yep that's exactly it so that's option a option b would be like some sort of either fallen angel um nephilim or some some something to that effect um now i've got evidence for both of those things i was leaning to a homunculi before i had like uh this like I think it was the video with us, our joint video of the Evelyn Packard one, because I got a couple. I, I got responses like um, temple, um, not God, men, um, witches and warlocks, stuff like that. And so I was leaning towards like, okay, well maybe they're like some sort of humunculi, you know. So then I asked specifically, you know, were Pukwudgies created by magicians or whatever? And um, you know, without skipping a beat, they said uh, angels. And, um, yeah, which is, you know, kind of gets into like the Nephilim concept that, you know, they bred with a little bit of everything, you know, there may have been these little people that natives spoke with, and then these were an offshoot of them where it was the little Mm -hmm. people mixed with the fallen angels. And that's what formed like the Pukwudgie concept. Right. Right. Which definitely could be a possibility for sure. Um, so like I, 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 I got that and I was like, oh man, like, it's like that. Cause I thought that was a possibility for sure. I always thought that was a possibility. Um, and then to, to ask specifically, hey, uh, what, what were the magicians that, and you know, to ask about magicians and creations of Pukwudgies, and then it'd be like, nope, angels. Um, 
and I think they, I think I'll, I'm trying to remember exactly. This is like f- a few weeks ago now, but I'm pretty sure they said evil as well. I think it was like uh, angels evil. I think we got the name Ben as well. Could be Benjamin. I don't know. You know, could be you know that, that could be um, definitely a Hebrew name for sure. Um, someone had commented on the video and said that they heard Lucifer in one of the spirit box responses. I didn't get a chance to listen back about this question specifically. They said they heard it in the response back, but I haven't listened to it to actually hear that if that was actually in there or not. Um, so that was basically like the two concepts. Like I was leaning, I'm still, I think I'm leaning towards like the fallen angel concept because shortly after that in the spirit box, I also got, um, soul was it soul stealer no oh my god soul. i'm glad that you said that because i was just starting was to connect soul, something too it was soul catcher or soul something like that like soul catcher which that's another part of puck wedgies which i've it's hard to find stuff on them about them stealing people's souls or collecting souls or whatever but i've heard that's part of their lore as well I'm so, glad that you brought that up because I was talking about the whole swamp aspect of stuff where mm-hmm. things get stuck in a swamp and then they don't come back out. And when you look up that English word for puck, it refers to them as being hobgoblin-like. And hobgoblins are known for eating the remains of things that are already dead. So in turn, probably you never get a proper burial if you've then been consumed at that point. So I wonder if that's where the connection comes in. Why they stay in swamps is because there's bodies in swamps connecting with the hobgoblin lore, the hobgoblins eat the remains of people. And in turn, they're collecting souls off of eating the remains of these people that were lost in swamps and then them never getting a proper burial. So they remain in this purgatory area. And that could be why you get all the like, help me responses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And uh, yeah, no dude. Absolutely. And so that, that could be maybe part of their creation too, you know, for some, maybe they're collectors of souls for the devil or something. like, I don't know. You know, who knows? I have no idea. But, I mean, anything's a possibility, including that, too. Especially, um, yeah, I, just, I thought it was I thought it was interesting, especially to get that right after that. Like, you know, I didn't ask anything about them taking any souls or anything, but to get their response directly after that, I think is definitely interesting. So that's something I'll probably try to focus in on going forward. I haven't been out to ask, like, specifically about um, them being created to steal souls. I have asked them, I have asked this uh, soul stealing thing before. Um, I didn't really get a lot of responses on it in the moment. You should get um, ask them if they're also known as hobgoblins and then also ask them, um, what was that name that I said? Something Goodwill? Johnny Lo- Robin Lo- Longfellow, what was it? Yeah. Uh, Robin? Yeah, let me, let me look it up real quick. I think it was Robin something. Robin Goodfellow? Yes, it was something Goodfellow. Yeah. Give me one second, I'll look it up here. Bring the name back up. Uh, Robin Goodfellow. Yep. Or Hobgoblin. Yep. You should, you should ask him if any of those names are interchangeable next time you try it out and see, see what, if it connects it and ask him also if they eat remains, that might also be a good question mm-hmm. to ask. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I'll, no, this is great. Cause these are definitely questions I'll ask. Now, another response I've got there is like minion too. Um, a few times now. Now, what do they mean by that? Who's the minion Are the Pukwudgies, the minion are, the little people dominion are the Pukwudgies minions to, you know, demons or something, you know, like, I don't know who the minion is, but, you know, I've had gotten minion a lot. Um, so during this whole process of like trying to find out who created Pukwudgies, I started getting uh, a few different things that just kind of like weren't adding up. So I kept on getting like little a lot and food a lot, or they would say, help me. And I would say, how can I help you? And they would say food. 
or we're hungry and stuff like that. And, you know, at the time I, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, this just doesn't make any sense. Like if this is a ghost, why would they be hungry? Maybe they don't know they're dead. And maybe that's why they're saying they're hungry. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, um, was it in the ghostly voice or the Pukwudgie voice? Um, this is, it's through spirit box. So it's just, you know, many different, either male and female. I've had both different, I think both say, um, feed me or like I've had different kinds. I've had, I haven't had feed me or we're hungry on an EVP. Um, cause connecting with yeah. the hobgoblin thing, I'm almost kind of wondering if they were like saying, feed me like food, like they were calling you food and they were saying like, feed me. If again, they're oh, are connected creepy. with hobgoblins. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's even creepier. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> connecting dots in my head here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, so I kept on getting things like that and I just, thought it was weird so i ended up bringing food out there um and you know have i even did i even edit the footage yet i don't even it's been it's been a weird few weeks so i don't i don't know if i've edited the the footage yet oh i think the first time i went out i think i did yes i did okay so I, i brought food out there um just because i thought to myself well if um, you know, they're asking for food. If I bring food out there, maybe we'll get like a response. Maybe they'll show themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're asking food, maybe if I bring food, maybe we'll get, um, some evidence out of it. You know, that's what I was thinking. Use it as like a tri- trigger object, basically. That works in fairy so, lore too. They say to leave like food offerings in the woods too. So, I mean, that, right, that's connects right. in with part of the fairy side of them. Right, right, right. And so I was like, okay, well, let me do that. See what happens. I'll bring water. I'll bring some nuts and all that stuff. So I did, um, didn't get anything like particular to like the food or any like responses to the food specifically, but, um, I go out with, um, this good dude named Kevin, you know, Kevin. Yeah, well, of we, course. Ones are. Yeah. He's been on the we show a few Kevin. times and hung out with him a few yeah. times in person. So shout out to Kevin. Cause yeah, I know he's yeah. listening and he loves That's to right. listen to the oh, show. So yeah, Kevin's awesome. So we went out together to huck a muck and that particular night we had a lot of crazy things happen, but. Um, what things I'm going to talk about, well, the thing I'm going to talk about tonight is the SLS. So we had, um, these SLS hits, um, that were like a few look like puck wedgie hits, you know, like a two foot tall, four foot tall type entities. But then we started getting these like little, I would say hits probably like 10 inch. It's kind of hard to tell cause they're a little further away, but I would say, you know, 10 inch, like smaller, um, hits, you know, a lot of them. And so, um, as I got home and like editing the footage and I'm like looking at it and I'm just like, dude, something just doesn't make sense. You know, like puck is supposed to be two to four foot tall. Yeah. We do have these, like a few of these, like two to four, four foot tall things in here, but there's like these little things in here too. And I'm like, maybe like I, I have to be missing something, you know, like I, like am I, am I missing? Um, like I said, I, I just thought, I just knew something. I was just, something wasn't adding up. You know what I mean? I was like, there's gotta be some other something I'm not seeing. And so I bought this book. It's called uh, The Spirits of New England Tribes. And it has like different chapters. One of them's on giants. One of them's on little people. A bunch of different like um, Algonquin, um, Wampanoag like lore and history about those specific things. So of course, as soon as I got it, I went to the little people chapter. I read the whole chapter. And so as I'm reading the chapter, I get to this part where they're talking about Mashby. And this other tribe uh, in Narragansett, which is in my area, like right near where I live. And they were talking about this little person, uh, the 
Mukka Wisag, I believe their name is. And which is not like the Pukwudgie, but it's literally like a little humanoid who will live deep in the woods. And they said that they died out before the. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. White person arrived, but they live deep in the woods. And if you would stare at them or look at them, they would point their finger at you and they would literally disappear right in front of your eyes. Um, But they would often... Uh, they treated them as patrons and they would leave baskets of fruit for them in the woods. Um, and if they did that, the Wampanoags, um, they would grant them wishes. And so once I read that, I was like, it literally sent chills up my spine because and it literally connected all the dots in my mind. I'm like, oh my God, I've gotten little on the spirit box. I've gotten these little entities on the, the um, SLS. You know, they're asking for food. I was like, this literally sounds just like these creatures, these Miko Wisugs, which are different than Pukwudgies. They're like little, like little people or whatever. Um, fairies, pro- like probably similar to a fairy or something. Um, but like little humans, but um, small. And um, I just thought it was crazy, dude. Like, you know, like to not know that they were there and then to get all those responses like that pointing to like, like these are what these things are for sure. And then to not know and then to like connect all the dots later and then be like, Oh my God, how did I not know? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just wild. It's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It literally blew my mind. (laughs) Well, I mean, they say that they died out, but it doesn't necessarily mean they died out. There could have still been small pockets of these things. And if people have left them alone for so long now, I mean, there could, there could literally be like existing pockets of these things just as much as puck wedges now. And assumably too, with all the little people, I mean, they could all start interbreeding with each other and start creating like new subsections of little people. And, you know, yeah. you get to start combining like the different folklore that it could be part this, part this, part this. And why it doesn't necessarily fit fully in each one of those categories is because it's a subsection that was created from the interbreeding of those different subsections. Yeah. No, it's just like, like I said, unbelievable like revelation that i like literally stumbled upon like i don't know how like it literally just thanks to this book is the only way that i even knew or would even know that they were they were even a thing i've never even heard of them before you know like when you talk about like little people up in new england it's all about puckwudgies 
like no one even knows like I never even heard of them at all so I think it's um definitely like a huge breakthrough as far as like identifying like what these little little like well what these different entities are for sure and I'm excited to like kind of like try to figure out more about them like both Pukwudgies and them to see if there are differences at all if these are two different things are are you know like I said I've got the minion thing before so like you know what's all what's going on with all that? Like you know, there's so many unanswered questions still for sure. And I mean, if they're um, a minion well, of something, then they definitely follow something. So there's something bigger than them that they are following. Right. Yeah. The question and is, what's I that think, bigger thing? <laughs> yeah. Like I think I know what it is, but I don't know if I know how to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the whole the whole Luciferian concept, right? That these things yeah, are actually yeah, connected yeah. into yeah. something biblical, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah, because if that's the case, then you could add then the whole like soul collector thing, you know. Then you're like, why would they need to collect souls? You know, are they collecting souls of people that are not supposed to be walking around? You know what I mean? They're I don't know. It's so many unanswered questions for sure. Like I said, I'm excited to get back out there and um, see what else I can learn for sure. I think my my as far as my focus from here i think obviously the little people more about pakwajis but i also i think want to get like do some more research on giants too you know cuz we have giant lore up here as well so like that's a whole other thing i haven't even like dove into yet you know what i mean or even ask questions about giants and stuff when i'm out there and stuff like that so has there ever been any like sightings or anything of like giants in like the Huckamuck swamp because i mean theoretically too that would be like a main place that they could exist in also because if people can't necessarily walk through the swamp, like think of a giant, they could walk through it and the water would only be up to like their knees or their ankle or something. And they com- completely exist in there without being affected or seen by modern day people. I mean, same with the Sasquatch that are existing in the region. Dude. I mean, honestly, nothing would surprise me. Um, there's been reports obviously of like Bigfoot and stuff like there in the swamp specifically, there was an account of, I think it was the seventies or eighties. At the this is a point where it's like winter time, probably like January, February time period, and this is a winter where it's like really, really cold. So if it gets super cold, probably you only need a few days of like below whatever it is twenty something, and then the swamp will freeze over, and then you can kind of like walk across the swamp. So these kids went about a half a mile into the swamp from wherever they lived or whatever, and they saw this Bigfoot type creature, but it was I think it was all all in white, like all white. Um, it wasn't like um, like a typical like brown haired or like you know the typical um, Sasquatch or whatever. So it was like a white Yeti looking um, like Sasquatch type creature. I wonder if it'll, it'll albinoism can exist within like Sasquatch beings because actually, a little fun fact: if you start looking into like the Yeti as far as like Himalayan folklore goes, they never refer to him as white. It's usually like browns, uh, kind of like blondish kind of hair kind of color. But usually it's not white. So I think white is like a whole other separate thing. And there's um, like the whole melanism concept where things will be become like really, really dark. But then there's the opposite side of that, that things can become albino. So I wonder if that's more so what a lot of those settings are. It's just like, you know, the great white buffalo kind of concept. Like it doesn't happen very often, but once in a while there, there'll be the, the weird one out that ends up being completely white. Or maybe it was a matter of snow. I mean, if the if everything was freezing over, assumably there was snow. Right. You know, it could have just been one that was completely covered in snow. And a lot of people talk about this whole concept with Sasquatch that they like purposely mat their hair down with like dirt and mud and all this kind of stuff. So it may not have been directly like on its skin where it would melt the snow. So it could have just been completely like covered in snow theoretically. 
or I mean, even with hair in general with animals, I mean, snow will stick on top of hair for a little bit longer than it will on skin because it's not melting right away. There's a little bit of a barrier before it hits the warmth of skin. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And so like with the Huckamuck, most of it is um, like unexplorable. So there, there's parts that like, you know, a human probably hasn't been since the, you know, the Wampanoags were, you know, living here and, you know, controlling it and that kind of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm sure like Lord knows what's deep in that swamp. There's probably like, you know, just regular animals that people don't think are in there. Um, that almost you makes know, you wonder I've too, heard... if there's like, like, not want to say full on civilizations, but if there's like structures that are existing in there that people have never seen before and have no idea that they're even there, like possibly Dude. even like religious structures where, you know, if right. there is this whole like warlock wizard, witch kind of fairy type thing going on, like they could, I literally have structures there that they would like do rituals in and people have no idea that they exist there now. Right. Right. No, anything's possible for sure. I mean, I've heard reports of, I mean, I, I unverifiable because these are just rumors, but I've heard reports of people seeing, um, like old Wampanoag, like stuff still in there, like in the swamp, you know, whether that's like carvings on trees or like things in trees and stuff like that. Like, like I said, that's a rumor. I have not seen it for myself, but, um, now that's another area I would love to do some more research on to figure out, um, if there's any sort of maps of what the Wampanoags used to, what part of the swamps they used to, you know, have the most activity in, or as far as like where they used to be, and like kind of concentrate on those areas and see if, you know, if I can find anything. Have you tried to go there during the winter at all yet to try to like walk across like the ice or anything yourself? Or are you, are you not trying to be that risky with the swamp? Cause <laughs> I, I have done that actually. I, so last year was not cold enough to do it, but the first year, like when at the first, I think I started, I started in October. So like that first winter I started it, like there was one time I went out, it was cold. It was like 15 degrees and the swamp was frozen. So there was this one area where there's um, an island out there. It's called South Island. And I went about, I would say about 50, 55 feet off trail into the swamp across the ice, just like walking out there. And I was like, oh, I wanted to get out to the island, but it was still another probably like over 100 feet away, if not further. And I just, I don't know. I just like, I don't know. I just was like too afraid to like keep on going. I was by myself too. And I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. You fall to the ice. Nobody's there to save you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, ah, you know, like, is it really safe? You know? So I was like, ah, but you know, I, so I have done it a little bit here or there for sure. Um, not, not, not maybe this year, this year it, it might get cold enough. So. Hey man, I love the winter. So, I mean, if you need somebody to go out with during the winter, I'm more than happy to come. But the other thing too, they, we, that would kind of, it'd be difficult to do some of the research would be the fact that if there's snow, there's ice, you know, there could be structures, not necessarily full structures, but like a base of a structure. There could be like carvings and stuff that are like in stones on the ground and you may not even be able to like see it and you might completely walk over something that's like the prime piece of the puzzle that you might be looking for without even realizing it just because the, the ground itself isn't as accessible. Right. No, that's, that's totally true for sure. Um, one thing I do like about the winter is you don't get the um, bugs. Yep. And you don't really get as much animals either. So, like, when you're out there, there really isn't a lot of noises, which is great for, like, EVP sessions or audio stuff. Because if there is noises, you can hear them, you know, pretty clearly because there's nothing else going on. Um, so, yeah, it is a great time to do all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, in the summertime, you got to 
like you're dealing with like you know frogs and bugs and like there's a bunch of things making noise not that you don't hear things because you do but um when it's the winter there's nothing there's no noise out there besides you know like you know if there does if there's something does happen you're like oh my god <laughs> dude i'm forgetting what it's called <laughs> offhand but you'll have to try one times uh that whole thing where you have the ping pong balls over your eyes and then you're like staring at a red light and you listen to static and see what you pick up I mean, especially if you're sitting on one of these islands that are out in a spot where maybe nobody's stepped foot for, you know, a hundred years for all, you know, a couple hundred years, like who knows what you might end up picking up if you're not just doing like a regular, you know, session, but rather doing something that's far into it like that, where you're picking up like crazy things, but you have to do it with at least two people though, because you have to be, have the person that's asking questions and then the person that's just repeating what they hear within the static, but yeah. Just, just another thing you might want to try out. It might, you might get some, some really interesting results from it. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. No, that, that's definitely a good idea. I'm not, I have so many uh, things I have to add to my um, list of questions and things I have to, you know, next time I go out for sure. Cause so, yeah, every time I I go on either your show or anyone else's show, they always end up like having uh seven or eight like things. I have like, Oh yeah, I got to do this. I got to do this. <laughs> got to start taking so, a notebook yeah. every time you do podcasts, yeah, start writing everything yeah, down. Seriously. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, and then next time I go, I'll be like, all right, here we go. Well, what, what were those questions again? Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I know kind of diving back into it too with uh, Kevin, there's a little bit more that ended up happening because um, I heard you kind of talk about it vaguely in a couple of other shows. Um, I'd love to dive into some of the some of the more, this, some of the stuff you didn't want to necessarily share with Kevin at the time because I definitely found that stuff fascinating. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so... Do you want me to talk about the uh, the the portal door? Yes, um, yes. Encounter, yeah. Because I've been diving so, heavy into portals lately. I guess kind of like everybody else, but I kind of have my own theories yeah. on portals. But yes, I, I anytime I hear yeah. anybody has portal stories, I definitely want to hear them. So so interesting, such a weird um, occurrence. So, um, like I've been saying, the Bridgewater Triangle, Huckamuck Swamp, more specifically, it was controlled by the Wampanoag people, which is Algonquin tribe. Now, Kevin's from the Penobscot tribe which is up out of Maine. Um, now, at the time, I wasn't sure what the affiliation was between his two tribes, what the two tribes, whether they got along or not, or they were friendly or not friendly. Um, so I thought it was an interesting angle, you know, to have Kevin come down. And, and I was interested to see what they would say, even if, you know, um, you know, I just thought it was interesting to bring another uh, Native American tribe in just to see what, if there was any Wampanoags around to see what would happen. Do you have um, any so descendants? That, just offhand real quick, just out of curiosity. Do I have any descendants? Yeah, from like Native American descendants. Do you, do you um, have any, I have any one, lineage? I have one family member like in my ancestry that is a Wampanoag, but I, it didn't, it's not like in my DNA. Gotcha. So like, yes, it's in like my family tree, but it's not like in my um, DNA. But I do have um, ancestry in the pilgrims as well and all that stuff. So it's kind of weird. I have like family on like both sides of the King Philip's War, which is, you know, pretty interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just curious because I, I don't know if I've ever actually asked you before if you have any uh, like Native American lineage, but yeah, I'm sure that that's definitely yeah. like a connection in there. So, it you know, you guys got a little bit of two in a way when you're going down yes. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, which is, it's so it's interesting. So I just thought that was an interesting wrinkle, you know, and they did say some things about like his tribe and stuff, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about portal doors. So me and Kevin are out there and um, we're at this power station. It's a very... If you've seen this, any of my videos in the Huckamuck, I go to this place a lot. I've gotten a lot of activity here. I've had uh, many different encounters where I've heard things uh, in the swamp directly behind this area, glass uh, bottles moving, um, 
metal noises that are just unexplainable. Um, uh, just a bunch of weird things. Obviously, EVPs, all that kind of stuff. Weird, strange noises, unexplainable noises that you know I'd, I heard it with my own ears and then catch, and then I still don't know what they are. So we're out there. We're um, about to do a spirit box session. I'm trying to remember the order in which these things happen. So I believe we're standing there, and um, we get get this. We have the spirit box on, and we get like a knock. Um, in the spirit box, like on, it sounds like a knock on a door. And, um, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And, um, and it's, and then, so we turn the spirit box on and it says, um, get out of the way. Uh, twice, actually two times in a row. It says, get out of the way. Um, and I can't remember before that if it said my name or not, I don't remember, but, um, so it says that, right? So it says, get the spirit box open. It says, get out of the way twice. And Kevin looks at me and he's like, he said, he said, get out of the way twice. I'm like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I heard that. And of course, natural question when something says you're in the way, I'm like, what am, what am I in the way of? And without skipping a beat, it's a demon. And so then I look at Kevin, I'm like, Kevin, do you, do you hear that? And of course, Kevin, he didn't hear it. Thank God. Because, <laughs> you know, Kevin probably would have been like, no effing way. He would have been freaking out. <laughs> Let's you get out of here. Like, be like a yeah. classic Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's like the last thing you want to hear in like a spirit box. You know, like, what, what am I in the way of? Oh, a demon. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. So we get that. And so Kevin doesn't hear it. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't need to scare Kevin. So I'm just, I'm like, okay, no worries. So um, we got this, we got the spirit box. We're, I can't remember. I'm going to get my notes out real quick just because I don't, I want to make sure I get all the details of uh, the story. Correct. Just because I know uh, it's my mind sometimes is trash. (laughs) A little bit of all of us, man. (laughs) Yeah, dude. It happens, especially when you're doing that much research. It's sometimes hard to like keep the chronological order straight of everything. Cause it's like, I know this happened. I know this happened, but I don't know what happened first. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, I'm glad I got my notes out. All right, so I'm going to back up a little bit. So basically, this is what happens. We're, we're setting up. We haven't even asked a question yet. I, I'm glad I backed up because this is important. So we're setting up. All of a sudden, there's like this metal type of noise. Now, Kevin was closer to the noise, so I didn't get to hear it as clearly as he did. Now, I did hear the noise at the same time. I was like, he's like, did you hear that? I was like, I, I, was like, I heard that. And then... We, we keep on doing our thing. It happens again. So it happens like, you know, two times, like a, like a, a sort of, some sort of metal noise. Now I get it on camera, but it's like, it's just too far away from the, from the mic to like pick up what the noise is. So I asked Kevin, I'm like, Kevin, what did it sound like? And he says, it sounded like um, a metal gate opening up or a metal door or a metal gate, which is very strange, which is um, also for those people listening out there, don't know metal gates and that kind of stuff have been connected to like dog man before. Not to say that this is a dogman encounter, but they have been connected to that. So it's and I have had metal noises in the Huckabuck Swamp as well, leading up to this point as well. So it's not out of the ordinary to hear that. See, um, that kind of bounces be- weird with my theories on it because I've always kind of connected yeah. the dogman stuff, hearing the metallic doors, with possibly being some type of like underground military base. Like you know, they might be like gene spliced, net, like made by humans rather. But in a swamp. It's like there's not caves and caverns you can really do that. It's all water in the ground. So it's it's weird to hear the like the metal metal door sound in the middle of a swamp. 
Oh, especially when there's, yeah, there's no logical, there's no door, there's no door for a mile. You know what I mean? There's no logical reason why there should be any noise like that at all. So we hear the, and this noise is probably, I would say 25 feet in front of us, which is swamp. You know, there's about, I've walked, I actually walked back there recently, the last time I was out there to see how far it goes back. And you could walk about 25 feet back there and then it, it goes down into the swamp. So there's nothing back there. So this happens. We get the noise. So then we turn the spirit box on. This is where we get Philip, Philip, get out of the way. We get that twice. And so me and Kevin, and then this is where we get the demon part. And I ask Kevin, hey, did you hear that? He says no. So we continue on. This is where we get the knocking on the door. So I don't know if there's a question asked. I don't remember off the top of my head. But we had the spirit box on. We get the knocking on the door. Um, and this, of course, I hear the knocking on the door. So I'm like, did you just knock on a door? And this is what the spirit box said. Mystical, your prayer really changed. The door opened up. And so as soon as it said the door opened up behind me, it's honestly what it sounded like to me. Was it sounded like a person walking a dog on a leash? Like I fully expected someone to be behind me with a dog, you know, like that's exactly what it sounded like. But like, yeah, like two people, one in front of the other, like coming up, but like walking up behind me quickly. Like kind of like so, the time slip theory that people talk about where they'd be in the middle of the woods with like a Sasquatch encounter and they'll hear things that supposedly will happen like the next day. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, yeah. So I, I, I hear like some sort of noise or like, you know, movement or something behind me. So I whip around, turn around. You can see this on camera. I like look around. I'm like looking at the ground because I literally thought there was something like someone going to be like right behind me. And so Kevin, um, you know, he heard the shuffling. He, heard, he, he said it sounded like shuffling or movement, you know, like someone moving on, on the, the grass or like the, not the grass, the, the dirt. Um, so then a little bit later on, um, we get, the word bank responds dog um, out of nowhere. This is like two poles down from where we were, um, you know, like the little um, electrical poles or whatever. So we're two poles down. We get the word bank response dog. All of a sudden the REM pod starts going off immediately. As soon as it says dog, it starts going off, which is very unusual. I know people are going to be like, Oh, well there's electricity. Well, like, let me tell you, I reset the REM pod like multiple times. So like, I'll put it out. I'll reset it reset it until it doesn't go off anymore so that way it's like no matter if there's electricity or whatever above it it's not going to go off because of that because it's it'll be zeroed out past that point so you really you know what i'm saying um so it's i've only had to go off like i think now twice in the huckamuck swamp the rem pod doesn't go off all that much generally speaking um so it was kind of strange for it to go off at all so it's kind of cool to have that like uh word bank response dog then all of a sudden the rem pod starts going off so then, of course, the logical question from there is, are there any dogmen in these woods? And so we open up the spirit box, and it says Bigfoot, um, which is weird. That seems now, like a super weird word to be thrown out of the word bank in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And then um, what's really weird about that is that in the, at, in the time, in the moment, like I didn't think about it all that much. So on the way out, right? Um, after this that happened. Now, after this moment, we also got like the Pukwudgie stuff on the SLS that I talked about earlier. That happened in this night as well, right after that moment. Um, we had some other things happen. Um, now, we got the word bank 
uh, response doorway. A f- I got the Burbank response doorway a few days later and stuff. But before I talk about that, I'll back up because I want to talk about Bigfoot a little bit because it was weird. When I was out there with Kevin, right, we got the Bigfoot on the, the spirit box, right? And so as we're walking out from that place where we were, you know, we're walking back towards like the direction towards the car, you know, kind of walking out. We go through this area where I've gone through it many, I always walk by it all the time. And it has these like huge, um, I think they're called reeds or whatever, kind of like the swamp looking things, like tall grass kind of thing. So in the certain area, it just like smells really weird, like musky, um, not mildew quite, but like, that's the best way I can describe it. Like just off smelling, you know what I mean? So at the time I was like, well, it's a swamp. It's probably just, you know, not a big deal. As we're walking through there, we did get some sort of like low grunt or growl type noise. Can't really quite identify it, but a listener pointed it out to me. And it was in this area where we had the weird smells. Now, what's really strange about this, I went there a week ago. Walked through that same area on a a day where the temperature was very similar. It did not smell. So... I was like, that's kind of strange. I was like, you know what I mean? To go through, you know, because I'm there all the time. And I never remembered it smelling ever. And so to go there at night and to have it smell one time is kind of strange, I thought. Retrospectively thinking back. And then to get the Bigfoot spirit box and all that other things. And I just thought it was interesting. You know, I can't obviously say that it was Bigfoot. But I just thought it was interesting to get um, all of those things. Um, And then the smell thing was weird. Because that's one of the things with Bigfoot is they say, um, like, some Bigfoot smell or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's a smell about, like, a certain particular smell. I mean, especially Um, if they're in a swamp, too. I mean, I feel like the Bigfoot smell would be even worse just because they are living in a swamp. So it would be just, like, a thicker, mustier, like, watery, just kind of gross gross smell. More like the kind of, like, depictions of what people would kind of describe, like, the skunk ape smell to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I just thought it was interesting. Um, you know, like I have asked for uh, Bigfoot questions before, but I never got it in the spirit box until that moment, that night. And what's weird, fast forward to Elkmont, uh, the video that just came out t- uh, tonight, I got Bigfoot on the spirit box there twice as well, which is interesting. Now Tennessee's more known for Bigfoot and stuff like that, so like it's not as out of the ordinary to get Bigfoot in Tennessee, you know, like I'd, I'd expect to get Bigfoot in Tennessee. Um, but just interesting that like, you know, for the past year, a little over a year I've been doing this. I haven't really got Bigfoot in the spirit box besides the last few times I went out, which I think is kind of weird, you know? I mean, at that what, point, what man, that I'd mean? start checking for know. footprints, maybe little footprints yeah. and big footprints, you know, at this point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe they maybe they're hand in hand, you know what I mean? Cause um, like I said, the, the video that came out tonight, we had, um, Bigfoot and Pukwudgie evidence in this video. You know, like we had evidence of both of those things possibly being there, or at least saying that they were there, you know, <laughs> via spirit box and stuff like that. And then we had um, some encounters where we had like footsteps and movement in a cabin behind us where, you know, there's no one in. And then of course we go back there, there's no one there. And then we ask on the spirit box who, who did that. And it said the Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So, you know, I mean, they could be messing with us for sure. But, um, you know, just interesting, though, for sure. You know, because, dude, there was, I mean, it was loud. We're talking, like, loud movement. Like, definitely someone back there. And, of course, there's no one back there. 
Do you see a lot of orbs when you're out doing this stuff by chance? It's weird that you say that. Not typically, but in this last video, I I think I might have caught at least one, day, one uh, at least two orbs in this last video for um uh, for some reason. Like you know, because they just seem to kind of have their own flight pattern and kind of go like these weird ways and stuff. Um, it didn't seem to be bugs, but yeah, I don't usually um, pay attention to orbs all that much. Um, but I have gotten them uh, before, or I have seen them before in a few occasions. See, I'm asking because, like, I've kind of been on this whole concept that these orbs that people see may be some type of, like, elemental being where it picks what it wants to be depicted as. So maybe, like, if you were seeing orbs theoretically and then you had Pukwudgie and you had Bigfoot, you know, like, remnants had left over, then maybe it's a matter of these things choosing which way they kind of want to present themselves. Cause I mean, you know, different, different sizes for different jobs. If you're trying to be incognito and move around unseen, then you're going to try to go for the puck wudgie. But if you're trying to scare people away from an area or even theoretically like push them into an area, kind of doing that trickster puck wudgie thing, then Bigfoot off in the distance, kind of moving towards your location might start pushing you farther, deeper this way. So it still kind of fits, fits that trickster theme or even trying to push you out of the woods if they're trying to protect the woods or push you into danger if they're trying to get rid of you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, dude, super, super interesting. Um, yeah, just so so weird. So weird. I mean, just that, like, the whole experience at um, Elkmont was just weird, dude. Like, uh, we went there, like I said, April, uh, and then we went back, um, I went back a few weeks ago, whatever. It was, like, literally going back you know, the, the physical location was the same, but it was like literally going back and it was like a different place, like an entirely different feel. Like it was just weird. It was just, I've never been to a place where the first time I went, if, you know, it felt like a normal, fine, like place. And then the second time I go, it was, it was just weird. It was just, I've never experienced uh, feelings I had um, in, the, in that video for sure. It was definitely, it reminded me, the be, like, I could, the best way I could describe it is spiritual warfare is the best way I can describe it. Like, it was so weird. Like, it was, in the moment, um, it was so strange, because even in the spirit box and stuff, yeah, we got, like, responses later on that I was like, oh, yeah, these are responses. But in the moment, I, like, I, we weren't getting much. We, and, the, like, I would say the first hour or so we were there, we were feeling, like, really off or feeling, like, just weird there. And but it wasn't like translating to like evidence, or at least we thought. I mean, we were getting evidence later on. I found out we were, but in the moment we were like, like, what the hell's going on here? You know what I mean? We're feeling all these weird things, but it's almost like in the shadows, not willing to come out, like that sort of thing. So it just it it was it was weird, dude. It was a very very weird, um, like, because um like the way Jason and we were like talking about the video, but you say um. That like I say that I feel like the Holy Spirit with me, which and if you don't know what that means, you probably have no idea. So like, what I mean by that is I just mean like God was with me, or I felt God's presence with me in the physical form. Now for for a believer, that's different for everybody. For me personally, when I feel the Holy Spirit or God with me, it's like a warm sensation in my stomach. So I felt that like a, a lot throughout the night while we were there, which is. Um, out of the ordinary, for sure. I've never felt that in investigation before where I felt like that ever. I felt that, you know, in church before or like sometimes when I'm praying or, you know, that's that kind of thing, but not like on like an investigation before. So 
uh, we were like having those kind of feelings or like, you know, Jason kept on getting goosebumps and like, just like, it, it was weird. It was almost like, um, like I said, in the, like I kind of titled the video of this, it was like, we were kind of like being stalked. Did it seem like that holy feeling was in your stomach? Cause it was something like trying to protect you or like a garden guardian yes. angel to keep yeah. an eye on you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a protection thing or at least warning us that, Hey, like there's, there's something here that's like not good, you know, or like evil. Like there was definitely evil there. No doubt about that. It was, and it seemed to be like in the shadows watching kind of like not revealing. Like I said, that it, it seemed like uh, not revealing itself or I don't know, dude, I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. Just very strange. Um, yeah, dude, I, that's the best way I can describe it. It was just, it was weird though. Like I said, I've never, I've been doing this for almost a year and a half now, two years. I've never experienced anything like that out anywhere. So it was, it was, it was, it was almost as if like it was like a planned, um, I don't want to say attack, but it was an attack, but a plan, I don't know. It was, it was almost as if they knew we were going to be there. And they showed, and they were waiting for us. You know what I mean? It's, it yeah. sounds weird to say that, but do you know what I mean? That's what it felt like. It was almost as it was like when you walk into a place, and you're like, "Are we gonna get jumped in here?" <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, like that's like that's the that's like the weird feeling that you got when you we walked in there. It's like, like what's going on? Like that's like that's all I could say was like, "What's going on? Like what is this?" You know, what I mean? like what's happening? Um, luckily, you know, both Jason and I were fine. Um, nothing bad happened to us. The Lord protected us and all that stuff. But um, we did get some like darker responses there for sure. Now, whether they were demons or not, I I don't know 100% for sure. I mean, they did say that they were or that they were coming, but, you know. Do you remember uh, yeah, like I, the responses you got offhand? Like some of the, some of, like the darker things they the, were saying? The darker things? Yeah. Um, most of it was like towards the end. Um, we think it was, yeah, I think it was towards the end. And I'm pretty sure... Yeah, so I was, it said my name a few times, and then it said, um, this is all spirit box responses. We're like, because we, we kept on saying that there was like, oh, there seems to be something darker here um, that sort of chased off. Because the first time we went, we got all these names, all these people, all these things, a lot of responses. And so the, when we went back, it, it seemed like there was something there that chased off these people, or there was just something darker there. So we were asking about that. And... Um, it said my name a couple times, and then we got the word bank response floor, and so then I put my phone on um, my spirit box on the floor, and um, it says, it says my name a few times, and it says um, he's uh, Phillips onto us, um, and then it says, um, did it say more are coming, or we are coming, and then it said demons. We are. I'm pretty sure that's what it said. Hold on, I could. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It seems like the closer you get to the truth, the more these things are on top of you. And I mean, even yeah. extending from that, I was going to ask, have you done any like uh, spirit box sessions, like not in the swamp? Because I know we talked before about these things possibly attaching themselves and maybe that's why they were showing up down in Tennessee. But like, I'm curious if they at least have like a scout that maybe like watches you and maybe that's why they knew that you were going to be at that place. Like, you know, it might be worth a try to do a spirit box section like not in the swamp to see if you get any responses that are similar to the ones you get in the swamp. Oh yeah. Like, or like similar, similar sounding and that kind of thing. Definitely. I mean, cause that could definitely be, um, like a possibility for sure. Um, so I was just pulling it up here. I wanted to see, yeah, Phillips onto us leave Philip. 
Here it come, bitch. That's right, demons. Oh yeah, a lot of um, a lot of negative things in this one. That's one thing I forgot to mention. Like a lot of like, a hole, bitch. Um, we hate you. A lot of like that kind of stuff. Whereas like in the Huckamuck, a lot of a lot of it's mostly positive. Like Philip, we love you. Thank you. Like usually, generally speaking, it's more like positive. Whereas Elkma, it was. I mean, I did get one "I love you" in there, but most of the other stuff was like. Um, one of them said like Christian, because oh, that they were messing with. Um, well, we thought an entity or spear or something was messing with Jason's camera because it was like literally shutting off, like powering down by itself. And so, of course, you know me, I have to ask. I'm like, is someone uh, you know uh, messing with Jason's camera? And it said, um, it said Christian, asshole. Um, <laughs> right after I asked, you know, so and Jay's an a, a Christian as well. He's not an a-hole, but he is a Christian, and so um, I'm pulling it up right now. I just wanted to get it like word for word. Um, yeah, so here it comes. Yeah, Christian, a-hole. We're legion. Films like a star. Careful. Um. So yeah, just that's what that's when things like. I would say like midway through is when it started to like reveal itself more and more or like, you know, start to get more aggressive and say things like bitch, a-hole, like, you know, start to get like definitely more aggressive as the night went on. And then I'll tell you about one more moment there. So we're standing outside and um, we're just kind of like looking around and in the moment, and obviously I don't hear anything, but later on we catch an EVP. So the EVP either says it's so hard because it's a whisper it could be, it's like two different words. I, I can't remember now. It's like a whisper, but it's like pleasure to meet you or meet you, something like that, or nice to know, something. It's it's very hard to hear, but you can hear a voice come in and then you hear me kind of like respond to it. And it's just like, I'm like flabbergasted because in the moment, I just, it just felt weird. I just knew something was off. I just couldn't figure out what was happening. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So obviously, retrospectively, I w- it, there was a voice happening right next to me. And it, I was obviously feeling the effects of that. Oh, whatever. It was. It bothered me. I don't know for whatever reason. I don't know if it was just because it was so close to me, or I don't know. Whatever. It was somehow I felt that in the moment, and was it was just like because I literally say like, what is what is that? What is that? What's happening? I never get these feelings, and you know, what is this feeling? You know, because I was literally, I was literally confused. I was like, it was such a strange feeling. Like I said, when I was there, never experienced anything like that. Hopefully, I never do ever again. But. See, I, I'm getting yeah. a, like a weird impression. Like this was a new area, so these things may have been trying to like get you out of it. But when you're in the Huckamuck Swamp, which is like your area, then you know these things are saying nice things. But I kind of wonder if it's one of those things like you're the one that keeps getting away, so they're trying to be nice to like lure you in. Where the other ones are like, get away from us, get out of here, we don't want you here, leave, bye. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That definitely could be a possibility for sure as well. Um, yeah, dude, it's just such a, such a weird, such a weird night. Um, once you watch it, I want, uh, I want to get your thoughts on it for sure. Cause it's just, it's a, even editing the video, dude, it just creeped me out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to include the link in the uh, show description too. So all the listeners listening can go and check it out. Um, cause you said you posted today and this will probably come out a week after we record it. So I'll put the link in and make sure everybody can go and check it out too. And then they can give you their opinions on it. They hear something a little bit different too. Yeah, for sure. I'd be interested to see. Um, there's a few of the EVPs that are uh, whispers, so I'd be interested to see what people think, what they what they say, for sure. 
And then uh, as far as like your research goes, do you have any like next next spots in any any new things that you're kind of like working out trying to do? Any any uh, research that you're about to start working on as far as this stuff goes or new locations you're about to check out? Well, um, let's see. At the end of the month, I'll be going to do a little bit of an expedition in Connecticut to do a couple different locations, a hospital out there. Um, and then this other area that's called, I believe it's called the Devil's Den, kind of like an urban legend, kind of like, um, kind of reminds me of the Huckamuck Swamp. It's kind of like one of those kind of places, kind of, it's got like hauntings and that kind of stuff. A lot of paranormal claims there. Um, so like, I'll be checking out a few haunts in, uh, Connecticut. Obviously I'm going to continue with the Puck, uh, Puck Wudgie, little people research, like I said earlier, I'm going to try to get into some giant research as well, start asking some more giant questions out in the Huckamuck. Um, I'm also still doing some more King Philip's War meets history um, type of videos. This is where I go to like different either war sites. I usually do them, do them by town or by uh, if it, there's an event that like sticks and could be its own video, then that event will be its own video. But I've done one on Middleborough where I did the old fort in Middleborough kind of retelling a few stories about King Philip's war and then doing a ghost investigation um, in the midst of all that. So kind of like a little bit of history meets paranormal. And I've got a lot of the cool things off of that, just evidence of the past and um, kind of interesting things as I'm telling the stories um, have happened in those things. So I'm going to do a lot of those, some more locations on that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously Huckamuck Swamp, all that kind of stuff. And then hopefully I'll be getting out to Michigan at some point. So we can do a video together. Sat somewhere. I don't know where in Michigan. Michigan's very big. So I've been wanting to go to the Manistee forever. Maybe we can uh, go and do some research in the Manistee. The only thing is there's the whole dog man aspect of that. So I don't know if that's something you want to deal with, but there's definitely some other places that we can go and check out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know me. I'm, I'm down for it all. So the, you know, I'm down for it all. So yeah, that'll be really sick too. So yeah, I guess that's probably the top things I've been, I'll probably be working on. I mean, obviously you never know what'll happen. I could, something could come up or, um, you know, get into something spur of the moment, but th- that's probably what I'll be focusing on in, and, in the new year. And then didn't you say, uh, you're kind of changing your format a little bit and you said you're going to be, uh, starting up a podcast and stuff too. You, you know, might as well promote it while we're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be going every other week. Currently I do weekly YouTube videos, 7 PM every single Thursday. So that's going to go bi-weekly. So it'll be every other Thursday, 7 PM, same day, all that stuff. Now on the off weeks, uh, that's not happening. It'll be, uh, the, I'm going to be joining another podcast that I can't quite announce yet because not all the details are announced, but I will be doing a podcast. It will be on the other weeks that my videos don't come out. So every single week you will get me in some sort of format, whether that's a uh, podcast or my videos. Um, obviously in the future, I'm going to try to do some like longer form things as well. In addition to my weekly videos, you know, maybe possibly, um, something specifically on puck wedgies or, it just depends on how things shake out and all that stuff, you know? So, um, that's kind of what the format will be. The podcast will obviously be paranormal talking about, um, a lot of the theories I've you know developed while investigating and then other aspects of the paranormal that obviously interest me. Um, you know, obviously stories that come up, um, theories, topics, all that kind of stuff. Well, man, I definitely enjoy hearing everything you have to say. So I'm looking forward to that podcast. It's definitely going to be one of my weekly ones as soon as you guys get that rolling. Well, bi-weekly if you're doing a bi-weekly, but definitely going to make sure I listen to it. (laughs) Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I I always try to catch up on all your guys' shows. Um, I do a pretty good job of like trying to keep up with everyone's shows. 
you know um so it's yeah, a lot um, it adds up real quick the more friends dude, you make in the community the, and you want to hear everybody's stuff the problem <laughs> see right now for me i drive a lot for work so it's okay i i, I can pretty much listen to everyone's stuff um because i drive so much but if i ever don't do that oh my god i'll be in trouble <laughs> <laughs> i'm like give me your five best minutes <laughs> yeah literally because you'd be trying to yeah. sit there and do your own research at night and be trying to listen to a podcast like it makes it almost right. impossible dude like if i didn't have yeah, my job during right. the day like i wouldn't be able to right. listen to like any lectures right. any podcasts dude it's the <laughs> same thing with me and youtube videos like i used to watch youtube videos a lot you know different people you know just you know for pleasure but with how much work, you know how it is, how much work you have to put in, you know, doing what, doing this, it's, you don't have time. I don't have time to do, like, watch YouTube videos hardly at all. You know, like you said, we have time to do the podcast because we have work and we have, we can listen to podcasts during work. But if we didn't have that, ugh, yeah, we wouldn't be able to. But it's, it is what it is, man. It's just, there's only so many hours in the day, you know, unfortunately. I wish there was more, but need to sw- switch it with work and with your with your home life so there's more hours to work on your projects because man half the time i'll be up till like three four o'clock in the morning just working on stuff because it's like the only opportunity you really have to do it because when you're just going about your normal day it's like you have your job um you know you got to deal with the family your house all that kind of stuff it's like the only time you can really work is like at night like it's you got to make time yeah. though <laughs> yeah and, and you got to balance it too you know like balance your home and your family make sure everyone gets um, you know attention and you know what i mean it's it's definitely a process for sure you know it, it's you know but you you know we're, you seem to be doing great at it and you got a good balance and you know yeah so how, how have things been going with um both shows you still still have enough energy to do both shows it's got to be a lot of work now oh yeah definitely dude i uh I do it because I love it. You know, it's not, it's not really work. Same, same as like for you with all of your stuff. Like it's not, it's not work when it's something you enjoy, but I mean, I mean, even starting up like another short format video show, because I know everybody likes the video content stuff. So, you know, I'm keep, I'm keeping on top of it. I uh, got a couple books I'm working on in the process. I don't want to give too much away, but one of them is going to be a fiction book for a lot of, it's just, just for fun, just a concept that's been tossed around for a while. And then uh, the other one I'm working on is a section for um, Tim Swartz, one of his upcoming books. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm staying busy. I wish, again, there was more hours in the day to do all this kind of stuff because being stuck at work for nine hours a day, coming home, doing homeschooling with my daughter, uh, I got four hours to make dinner, do all that stuff, and then start recording the show. Man, it's like, like, again, not, never enough hours in the day to do all the stuff that you want to do, you know? <laughs> Seriously, there, there really isn't. And I wish I had like three fills. You know how much work I get done, get done if there was right? like, three of me? <laughs> just have one that just goes to work and then you yourself yeah. can just stay home and do your stuff. <laughs> the only problem and is then, then you'd have that, three mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, right. And and I would have to get, uh, the one fill would just be editing video constantly, you know. <laughs> He's got him chained to the desk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can't leave until six videos are edited today. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, because I'm sure it's the same way with you, with like um, editing, like podcasts. Like you know, it's, it's very similar. Like you probably don't have to edit as much, um, like as far as video. But um, yeah, dude, editing's the worst. Dude, I still re-listen to everything though, because it's like some podcasters yeah. will just throw it up raw and just call it a day. Like I re-listen to every single episode I do. If there's like extra long pauses, anything that cuts out, like I'm very particular about it. So it's like, you know, for each two hour episode I record, that's like two and a half hours worth of editing. Cause I'm just adamant about my work and I'm just a perfectionist. I got to make sure everything's as perfect as I can possibly make it. So it's like, yeah, dude, editing eats up a lot of time. (laughs) 
And even worse so with like the video stuff, which is like oh, yeah. why I'm half and half on it. Like I got a bunch of squatch hikes and everything on my GoPro paranormal stuff that I've done that I haven't even had a chance to really go through and turn into a video format. But I have all these like bread ideas that I want to work towards with doing all that stuff. Like I got a stockpile of equipment in my drawer that I've been, I, I use it here and there, of course, but I'm looking forward to actually going out and getting to use all of it with you. Cause I got the chatter guys, like a bunch of different stuff that I want to test out in different different uh terrains i guess you could say you know like i use it for paranormal investigations for like buildings and stuff but i want to try to use it out for like for doing squatch hikes for you know going out and doing uh haunted swamps like the huckamuck for example like mm -hmm. i got all these bright ideas man it's just a matter of making time and balancing it so i can go out and do it <laughs> yeah hell yeah absolutely no and that'd be so sick man that'd be so sick that'd be awesome because yeah, that'd be oh, man. I don't know when we can make that happen, but hopefully soon. Because that'd be cool to have you out here. I, I like to go out there with like as many different people as I can for sure. Because well, every time you go up, there's someone different. It's you know different um, investigation styles. You know different ideas. You know all that kind of stuff. So it would I mean, definitely be sick. Just to throw in another native thing too. I'm 25% Cherokee, so that might also be something interesting to bring into the yeah, swamp. Another different sure. native lineage that hasn't actually Absolutely. been there yet. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah, because I wonder. I wonder if they would even come into contact at all. I mean, you know, never, never know. Or know? if they'd come into extra contact or if they'd come in no contact, you know? I guess it kind of depends right. on what their feelings are as far as, like, the Cherokee go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. I would, I'd be there to ask, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be able to ask on two different types of devices, too, so that'd also be pretty cool to see if yeah. we get same responses, varying responses, stuff that's right, in the same right. realm of responses, but different wording, like... Right, right, yeah. No, for sure, dude. Hell yeah. We'll have no, to set something up awesome. where I come your way and you come my way. Yeah, hell yeah. We'll have to get that rolling sometimes this next year coming up. Oh, yeah, for sure. 20, 2024, for sure. We'll have to figure it out. We'll we'll make it work, you know. All grow together, man. That's the only way it's ever going to yeah. happen, like I said earlier in the show. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for having me on again. This has been, you know, absolutely awesome talking about puck wedgies and um, different little different theories about all kinds of different things and then get into uh, darker entities and Bigfoot I mean a little bit of dogman a little bit of portals I think we I've covered almost every single uh... <laughs> <laughs> those are always the best a little sprinkle of everything man and yeah. it's always fun having yeah, you on the show man I love talking to you yeah dude hell yeah likewise likewise it's always a good conversation you know what I mean just talking the paranormal talking theories you know um, that's always a lot of fun. So I appreciate it, man. Oh yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. And of course, yeah, before absolutely. I let you go, we got to do the usual end of house stuff. So I always leave with words of wisdom from the guests of the listeners. So, you know, if there's any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners today, what might it be, man? Ah, okay. Words of wisdom. If you go out and ghost hunt, <laughs> um, pray before and after you go <laughs> <laughs> and don't provoke <laughs> and do don't ever provoke don't oh you know what this is a great piece of advice if you ever uh own like a spirit box or any type of device or anything like that do not ghost hunt in your own home ever it is not a good idea not a good idea to open anything up, up in your home if your house isn't haunted you don't want it to be haunted so don't mess with it. Yeah, that's, don't open up that doorway. <laughs> oh, dude, not in your home. Your home is your sacred place, you know? But, like, I think people don't realize that sometimes. Like, I've had a few people say that to me. Where they're like, oh, you know, I tried the spirit box in my house. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, it's like using a Ouija board that. in your house. Like, don't yeah, do it. <laughs> such a such a bad idea. Such a bad, like, you know, not in your own home. So, yeah. Like, if you're going to go, son, 
like for fun, you know, you, you could go out one time. It's not a big deal. But if you got to go out like a lot, a lot, you got to protect yourself for sure. Oh, yeah. Hands down. And don't bring anything home with you. I made that mistake my yeah. very first time that I did it. Yeah. And I ended up seeing a shadow yeah. person in my and house. He means like, yeah, he means like something physical. Like, would you take a rock or? I was actually um, at a mental institution and I grabbed a no smoking sign and this little foam painted tiki head, which I assumed because it was a psychiatric ward that it was probably an arts and crafts that somebody did there because obviously they're not going to give them like wood and a knife. So they'd give them like foam and something else that they can kind of like whittle it with. So yeah, I ended up bringing that home with me just because I thought it was cool. And this was like 10 years ago before I really started getting heavy into all this stuff. And uh, yeah, I ended up uh, seeing a shadow person sitting in my front room and it was me and my girlfriend Gabby that both saw it at the same exact time. So it was like multiple eyes on this thing. And I got rid of those items. Never saw it again in that house. Yeah. 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 You got to be careful with stuff like that. I've heard people, uh, uh, someone reached, reached out to a person I know and they sent it to me. Um, this guy went to the conjuring house in Rhode Island and took a rock from like the property and had all this like poltergeist stuff happen in his home and then took the rock back. Um, but then still had like stuff happening. And I was like, well, I was like, you gotta, you gotta go to a pastor or a priest now, man. I don't know what to tell you. Say, especially Huckamuck Swamp, you know, make sure you check your shoes, make yeah. sure you ain't bringing no rocks home or something with you, you know, because yeah, right. it could be something Absolutely. just as little, like a little tiny rock got stuck up in like your, mm-hmm. your tread on your boots. And now you brought a piece of that home with you, you know, it could be just something little and small like that. You got to double check yourself. That's another thing I like to throw out there is check your shoes. Cause you get into the whole rocks concept. Your shoe is known for getting rocks stuck in it. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And yet, dude, you never know, man. You never know. So, yeah. And then, of course, uh, for everybody that enjoyed the conversation, they want to come and check out all of your work, which, of course, I'll include the show down or the links down in the show description. But I want you to let everybody know where they can come and find you and possibly even share some of their Puckwoody stories they may have experienced in the Huckamuck Swamp. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me at Exploring with Phil. That's Phil with two L's pretty much everywhere, minus Twitter, which is uh, uh, Exploring underscore Phil. Um, uh, you, like I said, weekly YouTube video, 7 PM exploring with Phil on YouTube as well. That's Phil with two L's. Oh, you updated it. It's not Dutch boy or a Canadian Dutch boy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything is exploring with Phil now. Make it quick and easy, man. That's the best way of doing it. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it, it does make it easy, but if you do, if you do search it the old way, it still comes up still. For sure, but man. Yeah. Exploring with Phil. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice and simple. Like I said, it makes it so much easier that way. Yeah, keep everything all under the same hashtag. That's what I try to do across yeah. social media. It's like for each one of my shows, I keep the same variation of wording. So it's like open minds media is always open underscore minds underscore media across like everything just so everybody can universally find it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way to go, man, for sure. Absolutely. It, it makes it so much easier. Definitely. But uh, I appreciate you making the time to come on today. Like I said, always fun, dude. And I'm looking forward to next time you come on and I'm looking forward to getting out and being able to do some investigations with you. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Can't wait. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a review or rating on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcatcher you happen to have. And of course, share the show with a friend. If you think anybody might enjoy this specific episode, go and share it with them. And if any of you guys have any encounters to report, whether it's paranormal, cryptid, UFO, extraterrestrial, interdimensional, weird phenomenon, anything whatsoever, no matter how big, no matter how small, you guys can report your encounters to OMM, Encounter Reports at Outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree. There is a specific submission form for that. You guys can report your encounters. 
And from there, we can decide if, uh, you know, you want to be talked about on the show a little bit, if you want to keep it just between us, if you want me to come and investigate it, whatever you want to do, we'll have a little bit of back and forth. But uh, again, that none of that will happen unless you guys email me your encounters to OMMEncounterReports at Outlook.com. And if you want to get a hold of me for any other reason whatsoever, you guys can email me at IncreaseOurRealityPodcast.Outlook.com or you guys can get a hold of me on social media. Instagram is the one that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and uh, of course, I will get back to you as soon as I can. And uh, make sure you guys check your spammer junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed in the process because a lot of my messages do seem to go to the spammer junk folder. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.